As many of you know who watch or now listen to the live show, I have talked about my food allergies and FODMAP issues. This makes it tough for me to find something to drink that is both healthy and energizing. Well, lucky for me, Magic Mind has come into my life, and I think you should try it too, whether you have digestive problems or not. I started drinking Magic Mind in May to start my day. In fact, there is a video of me trying it for the first time on Unfound's YouTube channel, and it has allowed me, even at almost 52 years old, to continue to be the hardest working person in true crime. It tastes great, it goes down smooth, and the L-theanine in Magic Mind will pick you up, but you won't crash later, unlike caffeine. So right now, go to www.magicmind.co forward slash unfound, and by using the discount code unfound20, that's unfound20, within the next 10 days, you will get 40% off your subscription. That's right, 40%. Kick caffeine to the curb with Magic Mind. Michaela Margaret Bally was a 16-year-old from Yorkton, Saskatchewan, Canada. She was a shy girl who played the violin. On April 12, 2016, Michaela was dropped off at school but didn't attend any classes. Over the next several hours, videos around town showed Michaela going to various locations by herself. These sightings ended at about 1.30 p.m. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. so far has been a year where I've started to expound on my ideas about disappearances. 2021 was all about classifications of different missing persons cases and beginning to teach them to college students. But this year has been about beginning to go deeper. For example, I've recently made public a two-pronged test on how to determine if a disappearance involves foul play or not. Another topic that has been on my mind, though, is video and its role in solving disappearances. Or maybe more accurately, why doesn't video seem to solve these cases as easily as we think it should? For example, these are still unsolved disappearances which have ample video evidence. Brian Schaefer, Tom Brown, Chance Engelbert, Brandy Wells, Justin Gaines, and there are many more. How can this be? What is everyone, the public, law enforcement, and true crime podcasters not understanding? I'll get into this much more after the interview. 
This is relevant because with the disappearance of Michaela Bally, she appeared on more video that day than all of the other missing persons combined that Unfound has covered. Yet, Michaela is still missing. What goes wrong between theory and practice? And, now a summary of the case. This disappearance is not on the Charlie Project because it occurred in Canada. Michaela Bally had only gotten her new last name months before she disappeared. Until that point, she had been Michaela Niebergall. For all of her life, Michaela lived with her mother and extended family and siblings, all under one roof. She was friendly but shy. Michaela was into music and chose to play a very difficult instrument, the violin. Probably the biggest quirk of her personality, though, was that she was self-conscious about her teenage acne. But who hasn't experienced that? Nothing seemed to be amiss in Michaela's life at all. So, on April 12th, 2016, Michaela got dropped off at school like any other day. However, when the school day was over, Michaela's grandmother waited outside the school for her. Only then did she, and later all the other family members, find out that Michaela had not attended classes that day. Though strangely, she did appear at lunch to talk to her friends. Over the next several days, police collected video from various Yorkton locations, discovering that Michaela had roamed the streets by herself, texting on her phone, and even taking cash out of an ATM. The last time Michaela was seen on video was near the bus depot at about 1.30 p.m. She was never seen again. There is no doubt that video has played a huge role in how our world has changed over the last 30 years. From dashboard cams for police to cameras on our phones that have captured many incidents as they happened, and the old-fashioned cameras that are still on the walls of banks and convenience stores. But their role in solving disappearances, in my opinion, is very hit and miss. I want you to think about that and the answers to these three questions as you listen to the interview. Number one. Given that Michaela spent all her time on video alone, does this rule out that she planned to meet someone? Number two, if Michaela did get into a car with someone, what are the odds this was not captured on camera? And number three, instead of paying so much attention to where Michaela went that day when she wasn't at school, Should we be paying more attention to how she was acting? Michaela's family is open to all possibilities, but sex trafficking is a theory that permeates this case. The guest for this episode is the person accepted to be Michaela's father, Rick Bright. Unfound News There is no unfound news this week because this episode had to be recorded so far in advance that I couldn't include anything in this section that could be defined as news. 
where you can find unfound. On these following podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and many others, especially outside the United States. Social media sites, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newest one, TikTok. Listener support sites, patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast, paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the man who's accepted to be Michaela Bally's father, Rick Bright. Rick, welcome to Unfound. Yeah, thank you for having me. Let's start here, uh, as I just have the way that I introduced you. We, we have to think, I think, just get this out there first. You have been uh, quoted many times. You've done interviews since Michaela uh, has, been, has gone missing. You're, in fact, mentioned in the Wikipedia page that is, uh, uh, now exists for Michaela's disappearance. But um, why do you call herself... Uh, you, why do you call yourself her father? Do we even know whose name is on the birth certificate? But you did have a relationship with Michaela's mother. Why don't you start right there and clear this all up uh, by telling the listeners? Okay, well, I'm not exactly sure what that says. Uh, when, when Paula was probably about oh, I don't know, five or six months into the term or whatever, we kind of parted ways. So, um, but later on down the road, three years after my daughter was born, I phoned and asked if I was the father, and she told me I was. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I asked if I could see my daughter, and she said she would think about it, and nothing ever really came of that too much, so... Mm -hmm. Now, I need to ask, uh, being that uh, you, uh, I don't know if she broke up with you or what, I don't know if it's any of our business, but five or six months into uh, Michaela's mother's pregnancy, you two broke up for whatever reason. Now, were you dating her mother, were you with her mother, when she conceived Michaela? Uh, yes, I was. Okay, and do you believe that Michaela's mother was having any relationships with any other men at that time? No, uh, I don't think so. Okay. Not that I know of. I hope uh, not. All right. So that wouldn't then make sense that, uh, that you are Michaela's father. Now I'll just have to ask, being that, uh, unfortunately, uh, due to some technical issues, this is going to be an audio uh, interview only. Do you, would you say that you look at least a little bit like Michaela? Oh, yes, definitely, for sure. Okay. And probably I will get a picture of you and uh, allow people to compare it. But you, for the last 20 years or so, you've considered yourself to be Michaela's father. Uh, yes. Okay. To your knowledge, has any other man who Michaela's mother knew or knows ever claimed 
he was Michaela's father, biological father, I should say. Has any other guy ever owned up to that? No. Okay. All right. And have you ever seen uh, Michaela's birth certificate? No, I've never seen it. Okay. All right. Very good. And you don't, so you don't even know what's on it if there's even a, a man's name on it? Yeah, I don't even, I'm not even sure what would be on there. Okay. Very good. Maybe we should just talk about this. Uh, this is uh, her mother's going to be a very, very small part of uh, this this conversation. But we should maybe establish how did you even know Michaela's mother? Um, she was going to university here in Saskatoon, and we just started dating mm-hmm. when she was living here. Okay. Uh, and what year would you say that was? Uh, would have been. 90, uh, 98, 99, yeah, probably 90, 98. 98, 98 okay. Okay. Yeah, and, okay, and you were a couple until she was about five to six months pregnant with Michaela. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right, let's, let's and we know that and, uh, by the time everybody's hearing our voice, they will have seen articles uh, where you are quoted, and you've done interviews with Canadian media, correct, regarding Michaela's disappearance? Yeah, I've done a few here and there, I guess. Okay. And one more question, uh, an important question that I have to ask here. At any time since Michaela went missing, have you ever been considered a suspect in Michaela's disappearance? Um, well, I don't know about a suspect or whatever, mm-hmm. but the RCMP did, uh, you know, uh, Paula thought maybe Michaela was staying at my house, so the RCMP came and searched my house, searched my mom's house. Mm-hmm. RCMP took my DNA for if something ever bad turned up. So. Yeah. Okay, so they did ask you, and we're going to get into how you found out about Michaela's disappearance, but they did come and question you. And um, you didn't lawyer up or anything like that? No. Okay. All right. Very good. Just had to ask. And I should maybe ask you this. Where did you live? How close did you live to Yorkton at the time of the disappearance? Uh, Saskatoon and Yorkton is it's roughly about three hours. Oh, wow. A little under three hours. Okay. All right. And we will, once again, we'll get back to all of that in a little bit. So three hours, not close. Let's t- talk a little bit about um, Michaela. Now, we should establish that you, even though you were considered Michaela's father, you did not have any contact with Michaela. In your opinion, why was that? Uh, I, I just think it was the, the Michaela's family that they just didn't. For some odd reason, didn't want me to have any contact with her. I'm not sure why that was, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how over the over the 16 years before Michaela went missing, how many times would you say you spoke to Michaela? You never spoke to Michaela. Uh, only when she was three years old. That wow. Was it. Okay. Um, what about uh, her mother? How many times did you say you spoke to her mother over those 16 years before Michaela went missing? Well, uh, there was once when 
she was three years old, mm-hmm. and uh, that was it. Wow. Okay. All right. I appreciate you being honest about that. So for 13 years from then until she went missing, you had no contact with either of them? No. Okay. But that, was be- that wasn't because of you. That was because of them. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm not sure why that was, but yeah, it wasn't my choice anyway. Okay, very good. Thank you. What have you, your impressions of Michaela, you know, in some way, did you try to keep tabs on her? Um, maybe some people, maybe you've gotten to know some people who knew her. Is there anything, I, I realize you're about as distant uh, a man from his daughter as can be, but what have you been told about her? What have you learned about her? Um, you know, maybe you've talked to some of her friends, anything like that, that you can pass on from what you knew about her over the years? Well, I didn't really know too much about her over the years. I never had contact with, you know, any of her friends or anything like Mm -hmm. that. I just kind of heard, you know, stories, uh, um, or whatever, that she was into drama and music and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. other than that, I, I never had no information on that stuff at all. Okay. Um, since, she's got, she, since she went missing in 2016, um, have you had a chance to get to know anybody who knew her? Uh, no. Okay. No, not really. Okay. Um... And the listeners should know something. I uh, have tried to contact, um, you know, Rick and I have known each other probably for about four years. And just recently I got back in contact with him. Over that time, I've tried to contact, I email or through Messenger, uh, Michaela's mother many times, at least four or five times. I've never gotten any responses at all. Zero. So that is why we were talking to uh, Rick. I would have liked to have interviewed both of them. But uh, the mother or whoever running is running their Facebook page has blown me off. So this is why yeah, we're doing... Sure why that is. Yeah, and, and I think uh, th- this is kind of a common thing, uh, Rick, in your opinion. She hasn't done any uh, interviews recently, has she? Uh, not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's move on. So this is why we, we have to do this interview uh, this way. Um, let's talk about this. this uh, her name was not last name Bally, B-A-L-I, very long. What was her na- last name before that? And do you have any um, idea why her name was changed from Niebergall to Bally? What who whose last name is Bally? Why is that? What is your understanding? Well, my understanding is uh, that's her uh, grandma's last name. I'm not sure what happened there. If uh, grandpa and grandma parted ways or what that was, and then the family just decided to take on the whole grandma's last name, or mm-hmm. that's kind of the take I got on it. But, mm-hmm. And I, you know. I can't say 100% sure why exactly mm-hmm. that happened, but that Who's Whose last name is Niebergall? Who is, whose last name is that? Uh, that's Michaela's grandpa's last name. Okay. And then it went, her name went to Bally, who, and whose last name is that? Uh, that's her grandma's. 
Wow. So the grand the grandparents are married and and they change names or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they got divorced or what. Oh, okay. There. Okay, very good. So she got this name changed from Niebergall to Bally B A L I, and that was her name officially at the time of her disappearance. Um, in the last six years since she has gone missing, once again, you've done some interviews. You were mentioned in the Wikipedia page. We realized that you'd had virtually no uh, contact with her. But in the last six years, have you ever been told uh, or heard about anything strange happening in Michaela's life uh, before she went missing? Anyone stalking her, problems at school, anything like that? Um, I think she was online quite a bit and talking to you know, a few people or whatever. So, like, when she went missing, these certain people that they could track down, there was some, mm-hmm. some app, like, some sites they, the RCMP couldn't get into for uh, privacy purposes, but yeah. they could figure out a few, a few people. Mm-hmm. And they questioned them. One person was actually even in the States. And then she did have the, a few boyfriends, but they, mm-hmm. all, everyone's been kind of questioned. And yeah. Everyone seemed to uh, pass uh, questions anyways mm-hmm. with the RCMP, but whether or not someone was lying or not, I, I don't know. I'm not 100% okay. sure on that. Okay, totally fine. But you've never heard anything in the last six years, even though you've been involved. RCMP has come to talk to you, uh, even got your DNA that... The Michaela ever since anything like, well, somebody's stalking me. I thought she was, you know, she thought she was being uh, followed to school. You've never heard anything like that. Problems at school? No, no. Okay. Do you know anything? I read somewhere. Um, if you know something about this, uh, you know, you can maybe say you did. But is it true that she might have been cutting herself as some... Uh, teenagers do maybe when they're stressed. Did you know anything about this? Have you ever heard this before? Yeah, I've, I've heard it before on a, on a few things. Mm-hmm. There, there was one guy that was helping with the investigation on it or whatever, and he brought that to my attention. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Bye. Okay, but uh, so maybe there was... I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I never did that. That sounds painful. But um, it seems, I don't know if teenagers were doing that when I was a teenager, but it does seem like it has become a thing at one point. Okay. I don't know what to make of it, but it sounds like you knew you had heard about it as well. All right. Let's move up. Let's move up to that day, April 12th, 2016. So we're talking about a disappearance that's over six years old. It's It's in Canada. So this might be like the sixth or seventh or eighth disappearance that I've covered in Canada. And we're going to take this uh, very slow uh, so everybody can understand it. And the listeners should know that I'll also be doing a YouTube video to illustrate, um, you know, some of these locations in Yorkton. But what is your understanding about that day? Uh, well, for a little while and went to the pawn shop and 
went into the tattoo shop and kind of ro- roamed around a bit. And then at lunchtime, went back to school to uh, chat with a friend and then left mm-hmm. school again. And then was at the Tim Hortons coffee shop. And then it looked like they got pretty good video footage of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. It looked like she was chatting for someone. It looked like she was actually someone to meet. And then it looked like, for some odd reason, meeting place got changed, which was actually, I think, to the bus people. And then she went there. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the man there with the flaming tattoo. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There, there was like an eyewitness that said mm-hmm. he heard him say to Michaela, hurry up, we gotta go. He just kind of opened the door and said that. Uh-huh. So, so then, like, that's what the RCMP told me anyways, like, in the three months of that uh, stint, that they, you know, had a good lead and that was that. Yeah. But then after the, after the bus station closed, then all of a sudden, like, a year and a half later, this uh, man comes forward and says he was there, but he never talked to her. And then I kind of asked why, you know, what happened to this uh, uh, eyewitness. And then mm-hmm. the police told me, they said, well, I'm not sure why you were told that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're, you know, just trying to keep it under wraps or, mm-hmm. you know, keep an eye on the guy or what. But okay. So this is all, this is all alleged. This is all alleged. Well, yeah, I guess so, but, mm-hmm. you know, there, they did tell me there was an eyewitness, and then I, what happened to that eyewitness, I don't know whether or not, okay. you know, after a year and a half or two years, people might start to question themselves of what they actually heard then, Yeah. so, and then, or else the eyewitness moved away, and, you know, mm-hmm. can't be tracked down or whatever, so I don't know. Okay, so she's uh, just some questions for you. Once again, if you know, uh, had Michaela ever been to any of those places? For example, the pawn shop. Uh, she went to the bank. This Tim Hortons. Uh, you know, she's always by herself. Had she ever been to any of those places before, to your knowledge? No, I don't know. Okay, uh, any history of her walking around the town like that? I, I'm not really sure. I've heard that she's cut school before, but what, oh, what she had done. Okay. Yeah. Well, what she what she did what she did when she was cutting school, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I should ask you this, uh, Rick. Have you ever seen any of these videos yourself? I mean, it's multiple places. We got this pawn shop, the bank, the Tim Hortons, the bus depot, where seemingly she was last seen. Have you ever seen any of those videos yourself? Yeah, the Tim Hortons one and the one at school, but the Mm -hmm. bus station, unfortunately, there was no video camera there. And I kind of, in the back of my mind, I kind of think that's why the meeting place got changed from... All right, we don't want to, we don't, Rick, we're not going to get any speculation. We don't, we try to avoid that. But it is believed, though, that there was some sort of video, though, that proved she was at the bus depot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So we have these various places she's walking around, and bizarrely, she did go back to school, and then she left again. And I apologize. There are people setting off fireworks on July eighth in the background. 
Okay, so yeah, here, here in uh, just right outside my place, if anybody can hear that. Um, all right, so she cut school. Your belief maybe that she had skipped school before, maybe not unusual. She's a teenager, although I never did that, but she's walking around and these um, videos you saw, you didn't see her with anybody. She's by herself. Yeah. Okay. Um, your understanding, I realize that you were not there. We realize that. But what is your understanding that what happened at the end of the day, um, uh, somebody was supposed to pick her up. What is your understanding about what happened then? Yeah, I'm not really a hundred percent sure what happened after that. Mm -hmm. But at the donut shop, you know, there was a lady there that states that she... Michaela asked her to rent her a hotel room in Regina. Hmm. So, but but what happened, you know, after people is okay. a million dollar question. Right. Well, I'm asking you what happened when, at the end of the school day, when she wasn't at school. What happened then? Oh, well, her grandma's supposed to pick her up after school and Obviously, Grandma waited around for a while, and she never showed up, so they went back home and continued on with a bunch of phones from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, the, the, the Yorkton Police Department got involved fairly quickly? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Okay. At what point... Uh, did you find out that Michaela was missing? How did you find out? Where were you when you found out that Michaela was missing? No, uh, well, she went missing on a Tuesday, and I didn't get a phone call from the RCMP till Sunday night. Wow. Asking, they started asking me if I knew where she was and if I knew she was even missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I said I didn't even know she was missing. Well, I said, don't you watch the news? And I said, well, not really. It's kind of depressing. But and then, uh, then you know, they said the last name and this map. I said, well, I didn't even know her last name got changed. Huh? How did they? Do you even know how they even knew? To, being that you had no contact with her mother or Michaela, how did it end up that you ended up getting called anyway? Oh well, Paula told them who I was. So. Oh okay. Yeah, she was kind of pretty certain that she was staying at my house. Oh, was that right? Yeah. Okay, so your belief is the but reason... Unfortunately, it was not the case. Yeah, I, I get that. So your belief is that when they called you, they were actually looking for her because that's... They're kind of... Uh, her mother led them in that direction? Yeah, well, I was kind of the last resort, the last hope. Okay, okay. All right. Um, what did you think when you found out that she was missing? Did you have any, I'm sure you had an emotional response to that, but, uh, you know, once you started to find out some of the details of what happened, uh, your own personal insight, before you ended up hearing about any of the video or anything, did you have anything that, uh, any knee-jerk reaction to this? Uh, no, I was just, pretty uh, saddening to hear and, mm -hmm. you know, I tried my damnedest to 
see if I could reach out to him and hopefully get a response that way, but mm -hmm. it didn't pan out that way. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah, you... I went. I went and got a. I went and got a second cell phone with a different phone number out there. Put it on social media, and, but unfortunately, I never got a call. Just a couple phone calls from overseas, and, and the phone rang. It kind of was almost heart stopping kind of thing, and then you kind of mm -hmm. answer the phone, and it's some lady looking for another lady, and it's like, oh boy. Yeah. But, Okay. All right, so the, you tried to do what you could. Uh, sounds like you got some crank calls or something like nothing. Uh, nothing that, ha that had any, anything to do with Michaela's disappearance. I do have to ask you that at any point in the last six years, have you and her mother talked about Michaela's disappearance even once? No. None? No. None. So... So it is interesting to me, uh, Rick, that you two do not have any contact at all, but she has no problem mentioning your name as the reason, is somebody that, uh, you know, Michaela didn't even know you, correct? Except when she was three years old. Yeah, even then I don't think she knew who I was. I just mm. phoned there to uh, talk to Paula to see if I could uh, see Michaela at all if possible, mm. but... Uh, it was Michaela that answered the phone. I didn't really, she, I didn't really say anything to her because she was only three years old anyway. You know, I don't want to stir things up or anything right. like that. But right. So she mentioned you because she thinks that Michaela might be your place, even though you had no relationship with Michaela at all. Yeah, she. I guess she thought that I might have. Uh, yeah. I'm privately messaging her or something or got a hold of her somehow, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't even know that her last name got changed, so... Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I won't lie, though. I, I, I did try looking for her on the internet without uh, any luck, but... Mm -hmm. Okay. Just for... Uh, I already asked you about this, but we'll do this then. On the day of Michaela's disappearance, where were you? Yeah, I was at work. Okay, what do you do? Ah, uh, welder. A welder, okay. And like you said, you uh, worked, uh, were working three hours away. All right, so the Yorkton police get involved. Uh, we have, of course, they find all these videos. Uh, did you ever talk to the Yorkton police, or was it just the Royal Canadian Mounted Police? Oh, uh, it was the Yorkton police that came out to Saskatoon. Okay. Okay. Uh, how was that, uh, you know, how was that uh, interaction with them? It was all right. Yeah. Did you, did you know, like, kind of right away that maybe they were talking to you because they thought you might have been the suspect? Or? Uh, well, I, I, I think they thought that I kind of knew where she was and I was, wasn't saying I knew where she was, but mm -hmm. that wasn't the case. Okay. All right. Let's move on to, all right, so she goes missing, and like you said, this day, uh, she's seen at these various locations, and, um, you know, she's seen at this bus depot, which kind of doesn't even exist anymore by herself, and then it seems after that, 
that something happened. You, you, you're calling it a meeting place. I don't like to speculate like that. Uh, we don't know that for, for fact or not, but that's, uh, you, you're, you have a belief, that's fine, but we don't want to get into speculation here. There's, there's no video showing that she went with anybody. There's no video showing she got in a car with anybody. So we just have to remember that. Um, you've heard some of these stories, and I'm just going to ask you about them. There is a story that um, she got money uh, out of a bank, and she actually wanted a friend to take her to this bank. Have you heard anything uh, more than that regarding this particular story? No, not really. No? When did you first hear about that story that... You know, she wanted to go, and she wanted a friend to give her a ride to the bank. When did you first hear that? Well, it was probably when, I forget who was the first news media to come out with the timeline of uh, where what where she was all going that day in York. And mm -hmm. it was probably about three, four months later on down the road when mm -hmm. all of a sudden the timeline started coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as I've stated, I've already uh, recorded part of this uh, interview because I'm working ahead a little bit. And, you know, you should know, Rick, that I've covered a lot of disappearances where video, uh, you know, has, is part of the disappearance. But there's uh, Michaela, she has, she's on, seen on video so much. It probably is more than all the other video that I've talked about put together. And um, this really kind of stands out to me in her disappearance. Let's move on uh, to this. She was seen at the Tim Hortons. In your opinion, would you say that this is the place that she spent the most time at over those hours when she wasn't in school? Um, well, I wouldn't say. There, there's some time, time lapse there where they didn't really know where she was. Mm -hmm. but, right. Uh, That's true. I, I don't know where she spent the most of the time, but she mm. spent a good bit of time there anyways. Okay. Now, you, uh, to your knowledge, on this video, uh, it does show that she was on her phone talking to somebody, fiddling with her phone. To your knowledge, have the police ever made public who she was calling, who she was uh, texting? Has anybody admitted texting or talking to her while she was at Tim Hortons? No, not, the, not, not to my knowledge. Me anything about that, if they know it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, the only thing I was told is that her phone was shut off after she disappeared and yeah. there was no pings on there at all. Okay. And and we'll certainly get to that a little more in, in depth with that. Thank you. Um, there is uh, this story about how she had texted, help me, to one of her friends while she was out there, seemingly when she was at Tim Hortons. In your opinion, being that you've seen the video, does it look like she needed help in that video while she was at Tim no. Hortons? No, it probably just kind of looked like she might have just said that is she needed help in kind of some other way. Oh. It's like problems with her phone or something else, not because she was in danger? Yeah, yeah, no, probably like she needed money or maybe a oh. ride or something or this okay. or that, and then all of a sudden... Then she texts, uh, I think then later on she texts that she has got it figured out. So mm -hmm. I think things started, you know, 
a planned spirit rolling again, maybe, or whatever she had going on there. She got figured out again. Okay. All right, so this is not when, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear somebody's texting, help me, of course they think the worst. You know, the last, the last anything, you know, for all of us, that's the last kind of text we're going to want to get. Somebody's texting, help me. But you, the way you look at it is that this was not one of those types of texts. It might have been just something to help with her phone or something else. Yeah, but uh, the one friend that she did actually text that to, her her friend actually insists that uh, it was uh, it was for help, but uh, uh, the mm -hmm. police kind of said that it, it wasn't. Uh, okay, I so, don't know what to believe, and then okay. So what you're saying is, when this person did get this text, they did think the worst. Yeah, they did. Okay, yeah. all right, but it seems like her. You know, putting these texts together with the, the the video, when she sent this, it didn't look like you may she might have needed help with her phone or something, but there wasn't like somebody you know running after her or anything. Um, yeah, no. Okay. But Let, to, tell, to tell you the truth, please. I, I don't really know if that help me text came in when she was at Tim Hortons or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let me just ask you this, being that you've seen some of the other video. In any of those videos, does it seem like anybody was stalking her, following her, somebody chasing her, anything like that? No, no, okay. not at all. Okay. Let's move on to this. Now, once again, these are just questions uh, that I have to ask. It does seem strange to me, of course, that all of a sudden she shows up back at school. She, she skips school, and then hours later she shows back up at school like at lunchtime, um, have you ever spoken to any of her friends or anybody you know have spoken to her friends, you know, regarding what they talked about when she appeared back at school at lunchtime? Do we have any idea what those conversations were? No, I got no idea what was said there. Mm -hmm. Would you happen to know who these, uh, these girls might have been who, who saw, uh, who saw? Michaela? No, I, I'm not mm. really positive who they okay. are at the lunch meeting there. Yeah, all right. We have to remember they probably would have been underage, which means probably their names would not be released to the public anyway. So only maybe the only people would know that yeah. are people who are, at the, you know, those friends or people like that. You know, maybe Michaela's mother yeah. might know, but we've tried to contact her, but she's blown, she's blown me off. Um... Michaela seemingly at one point had been asked about trying to get a, uh, a ride to Regina. It's not Regina, it's Regina. Um, to your knowledge, did have you ever heard that Michaela, did she know anybody there? Can you think of any reason she might have wanted to go there? Uh, what do you know about this uh, city of Regina? Yeah, I'm not really sure why she would have wanted to go there for, but... Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if she knows anybody there or what her uh, plan was to do there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, to your knowledge, uh, have you ever heard, that, Did uh, had Michaela ever been to the city of Regina? Maybe I, being that I'm a stupid American, I'll just ask you, how far is Regina from Yorkton? Yeah, it's about an hour away, hour, mm -hmm. hour and a half, somewhere in there. Okay. All right, so, but it doesn't seem, at least, 
anybody she asked did not give her a ride, but she seemingly was trying to get there. She's trying to get this money, and she did get some money out of this bank. Suddenly, kind of sounds like she was planning to go somewhere. And then, of course, it sounds like they went back to class, and Michaela just went on her merry way, leaving the school again. Um, maybe I should ask you this. Have you ever heard about um, Michaela's, her mother or grandmother, have they ever tried to, I don't know, you know, of course in the United States, of course we are a very litigious society here in the United States. Uh, have they ever tried to sue the school or something like that, given that it didn't seem like the school really knew what was going on, that, you know, Michaela's just walking onto campus, walking off seemingly at will? Has anybody at the school ever gotten in trouble for this? I don't think so. Our, our laws are a little different here. Mm -hmm. so I, I don't even know if you could do that here. Okay. Just seems weird to me that some 16-year-old can just walk on and off of campus at will and, you know, nobody's saying to her, you know, you weren't in class this morning, Michaela. You know, why are you here? Just something like that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, not sure. Okay. Let's move on to the bus uh, station. Now, it does seem to me that uh, you have your own personal belief of what might have gone on there. I don't know if there's any proof of that, but... I would just ask you some point-blank questions, being that you have seen the video and you've been living with this for six years. Any proof, uh, either with video or anything the police got, any proof that she ever got on any bus at the depot? Well, no, they, they say that she never got on a bus, but mm. I don't know how, how they, when you buy a bus ticket here, either it doesn't really go on a name. You just buy the ticket and you can mm -hmm. get on. So, uh, they, they say she didn't get on, but I guess the bus that would have left, they would ask the bus driver. He would have known who got on that bus and mm -hmm. who got on. So. Okay. But no proof. So what you're saying is there could be a possibility that she actually did get on a bus. Yeah, she, she could have got on a bus somehow, okay. but... Okay. Do you, uh, you know, I've never ridden a bus like that before in the United States. Maybe it's more common in Canada, but it, maybe you can... So maybe it, since you're a Canadian, you can tell the rest of us. Uh, would you need ID or something like that to get on a bus? Like, if she did pay in cash, would you need ID? Is this like getting on an airplane, or is it a lot easier than that? No, oh, it's a lot easier than that, but uh, I haven't ridden the bus in a long time myself mm. and then I think after a year year and a half after she went missing our uh, transit system kind of just went under and mm -hmm. is no more all the bus all the bus uh, stuff now is privately owned yeah okay sold up yeah alright so she's seen here at the at the bus depot and, but there's no cameras of, uh, at least to our knowledge, that she ever got on a bus, but it doesn't seem like we can rule that out. Um, in your opinion, have you ever, uh, since this has happened, have you ever driven to Yorkton and gone to the bus depot and kind of checked it out, dri like driven to these places, just checking them out, riding around? Yeah, I've, I've uh, been there. I kind of looked at the place. I took pictures from all angles of it wow. or whatever, just just for my own 
Mm -hmm. Sound mind, I guess. Of course, uh, of course, I can see why how, how you would do that. Being that you've been there, and maybe things have changed in the last six years, especially since uh, it sounds to me like this bus line was privatized or went under, or whatever happened. In your opinion, would it have been possible? For her to be at the bus depot and then walk away from the bus depot and not be seen by any camera. What, what is your opinion on that? Yeah, like back then, uh, I don't think security cameras were as common as they are now. Like if yeah. you go to that bus station now, it's just uh, some guys just renting it out as a storage place, and there's video cameras all over there now. Uh -huh. But then, just on the other side of the of the bus station is just uh, residential houses. Mm -hmm. Like it's that's kind of the edge of all. Okay, so uh, so then once again, I realize that you have your own uh, personal idea that maybe she got picked up by somebody. But uh, once again, is it possible she could have been a bus depot and left on foot without a camera there picking her up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It could very well happen. Okay. Yeah, but we have to remember, she left the bus depot. She's still in the middle of town, and it doesn't seem like any cam other cameras uh, picked her up. You know, we, uh, you know, my impression, once again, oh. that, you know, after 260 disappearances, you know, she's seen all morning all these different places. She goes to the bus depot, and then she's never seen again. So, yeah. you, I guess you could lead us to believe that she got on the on a bus, but maybe not. Let's move on to this. Uh, you had talked about the phone already. Um, when was the phone shut off? Uh, when when did that happen? Or when maybe when the battery died, it just went dead one way or the other. Do we know when that happened? Uh, well, not not the exact. Well, yeah, probably pretty much right at the bus station. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know where the last, uh, have you ever been told, have the police ever told you where the last ping was of her phone? Was it in Yorkton? Was it somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, no, it was in Yorkton. It doesn't show which way she left Yorkton at all. Hmm. And if it did, they, they're not saying, but... Okay. Uh, your understanding regarding her phone uh, was... I realize you had, you've had no contact with her, uh, her mother or anybody else uh, in the family. But do we have any idea, you know, sometimes um, cell phone carriers have like family plans where, you know, everybody can go in online and see where who everybody else is talking to. Do you know if the police have done that? Do you know anything about the phone record information? No, I don't know nothing about that. Okay. All right, and there was an instance, and once again, you've seen this Tim Hortons uh, video. There's a story out there that it seemed like Michaela was doing something, like fiddling, I guess is the word, with her phone. Did you see that? Did you see that on the video? Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what she's doing, but... Mm -hmm. Any, can you uh, even take a guess... You know, fiddling with her phone doesn't well, look... What do you think? Yeah, some people say she was taking out the SIM card and stuff like that, but whether or not that's what was happening, I don't know. She could have been taking out one SIM card and putting in another one, or who knows. Okay. All I right. can't say exactly. Okay. 
All right, let's move on to this. Um, of course, you have these friends. Have you heard these stories about how she told her friends she was going on a vacation? Have you seen those stories? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any insight into that at all? Um, anything that you've heard in the last six years about whether there was any truth to that at all? Well, no, I, I don't know if there's any truth to it or not. Mm -hmm. All that the friend said was that she was planning on going on a vacation for a little while, and then that's all she really said, I guess, to her friends, and mm -hmm. never really said much more about it. Okay. Seemed, seemed a little secretive about it, I guess. I, I agree with you, and, and it's also weird, given that she um, you know, vanished on April 12th, I mean, how long does a school year go in Canada? How long? When would she have been getting out of the grade? When was going to be summer vacation? Is it like the United States, yeah, where school been, and in two, May two or June? Away. Yeah. Uh, the end of June, start of July. Wow. So how is? She, so I guess we have to ask: How is she going to go on a vacation if she was supposed to be in school, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird. Okay. Uh, very early in this conversation, you brought up uh, about uh, her computer. Uh, your, to your knowledge, that the police searched her computer. Have you ever heard anything about um, anything being found on her computer? Any strangers online? Any searches for Regina or any other place? Oh, there's just like a couple guys. Like one guy sent her flowers to School. Huh. He was questioned, and nothing really came of that. Wow! And then there was a guy she was talking with online that uh, he was in the states, and the police questioned him, mm -hmm. and so on. But not, nothing never really came of it. Okay. All right. So nothing there, and maybe uh, you know, even if they might keep that under wraps, uh, even if they found out, especially since Michaela is a minor, maybe it was an adult. Maybe they, maybe the police would be a little more open uh, to that. To your knowledge, after Michaela uh, disappeared, has anything ever been found out about Michaela that might have been in, in a surprise? For example. Somebody going through her things and finding something she shouldn't have had, or like a diary, anything like that? No, not that I know of. Okay. All right. And Michaela, though, does have some siblings. Do you know who the uh, fathers are of, you know, it does seem to me that uh, even though you are accepted to be Michaela's father, it doesn't seem like her mother wanted to acknowledge that, except to kind of try to bring you into the disappearance, thinking maybe you caused the disappearance. But for these other siblings that Michaela has, uh, do you happen to know if those children have any interaction with their fathers? Uh, not that I know of. No? Okay. No. Wow. I have to ask, you know, I'm, I'm not here to pry, uh, Rick, you know, about your relationship with, uh, with Paula, but it does seem to me, my perception... You know, and I'm a adult, I'm going to be 52 here in a couple weeks. But it seems to me like you were a couple, and then as soon as, she, you know, she didn't want to be around you anymore, uh, you know, I, I, I got to ask, 
being, you know, you haven't had any contact with Paula since maybe, uh, you know, around, you know, before Michaela was born. What exactly happened? Uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure myself. I was just that, uh, you know, uh, just uh, kind of stay away. And if uh, they needed anything from me, they'd phone and let me know, and that was it. And but I never heard any phone calls or nothing, mm-hmm. nothing like that at all. I'm kind of, you know, uh-huh. but did. Did she even, was it like one of these situations where like you came home and all of her stuff was gone? Did she even tell you she was leaving? Uh, what were the, oh, well, what, what happened? No, she just, she had her place, I had mine, and uh, it was just kind of a conversation over the phone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where a parting of ways. And there wasn't any, uh, I'm just, I got to ask, because this seems like it was like a very, very clean break. Uh, That you've only had one conversation with her. And like you said, it was like when Michaela was three years old. And that's been it over the like the last 20 years. Um, You know, this, uh, any insight into it all? You're the one who was with with Paula for those years. Uh, Were you surprised? Well, uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, I don't really want to get into it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, because I, I think that probably this is, uh, you know, a big question in uh, the listeners' minds right now. You seem like a good guy. Uh, you've certainly taken an interest in Michaela's disappearance since it occurred, even though you had virtually no interaction with her. Um and, uh, you know, and I've tried and I'm guessing some other people have tried over the last few years to talk to Paula, try to get the publicity out there about Michaela, especially if she ran away. Uh, and, you know, I'm a very reputable person and she's ignored me. So I'm just going to take for granted that she's ignored other people. And so it'd be uh, interesting to know a little bit more about um, Michaela's mother. Um, and it just doesn't seem like we know that much about her. Um, okay. Um, when was the last time you spoke to police about Michaela's disappearance? Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe about a year ago, mm-hmm. a year ago, nine months, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was just to do with a tip or whatever. Okay. Do you, uh, uh, did they call you or did you call them? I called them. Okay. Uh, are you surprised that, you know, this disappearance has not brought you and Michaela's mother, you know, kind of back together? It seems like you both have a common goal to try to figure out what happened to Michaela. No matter what happened, whether she ran off or was there foul play or anything, are you surprised by that or not so surprised? Well, I'm not really surprised, but I am a little bit, but on the other hand, I'm not really sure what Michaela was told about me, so mm-hmm. that could have something to do with it all together, too. Right. Did you ever get the idea, before she went missing, uh, do you think that Michaela, I know you talk, spoke to her when she was three years old, but when she got to be like 
you know, to the point where, you know, our, you know, like the human mind starts to know there's a world out there and everything else. Do you think that she knew you even existed? Uh, uh, it, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Mm -hmm. I know one friend said that she said that she was going to look for her dad, but whether or not huh. that was true, I don't know. Uh huh. That would have been news to you. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, okay. I don't know. If she, I. Mm hmm. Uh, I think if she did know who I was, she probably would have reached out. I'm thinking. Right, but that to you, once again, to your knowledge, that never happened. You know, she somebody she tried to ever call you or email you or anything like that. That would be news to you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, you, it seems like you do have some contact with the police. It's been over six years. Um, you know, the listeners just have to understand. This is probably you know we try to get into the details as as much as we can regarding it, but, you know, and, and unfortunately Rick uh, was not allowed, it seems, to have any contact with M Michaela, and being that she was underage, uh, that's her, I guess, her mother's right to do that, I guess, uh, but it may very well may have been that when Michaela became adult age, 18, 19, 20, that, you know, she could have done, chose to do what she wanted, and maybe she and Rick, if she had not gone missing, maybe, you know, you and Rick might have had uh, a relation, you know, with Michaela and her mother wouldn't have been able to do anything about that. Of course, uh, hopefully Michaela will appear alive one of these days and you two can get, uh, to know each other. Um, yeah. so what, uh, how, how do you feel about what the police have, uh, tried to do over the six, these past six years? Do you think that they've done everything they could do you think that they've maybe missed some things? What is your impression of the investigation over like the last six years? Well, you know, I, I have my personal, well, <laughs> some days you get mad, some days they're better, but, mm -hmm. you know, it boils down to it, though, that I think they worked with what they had and mm -hmm. did the best they could with what uh, information they had and what leads they had. Mm -hmm. So... Okay. And when the person just goes missing and no, no one sees where they went or right. what direction they went, it's pretty hard to even know what direction to start in. It's true. That's true. And we start having to wonder, you know, once again, we don't want to speculate so much, but, you know, um, you know, she's just walking around town uh, by herself and with nobody, nobody, you know, if she was seen with somebody, that would be something totally different. But she spent you know, five hours in Yorkton, downtown Yorkton, by herself, you know, with nobody. Yeah. So if she was meeting somebody, why didn't they just meet in the morning? You know, why did it, if they, she did meet somebody, why didn't it take place till like two o'clock or something? It's hard to understand. It really is. Um, to your knowledge, being that now you've been living with this for six years, are there any other young girl disappearances that seem to be like Michaela's in that area? Uh, there's, there's a Mackenzie that went missing in Saskatoon just about a year and a half ago. Huh. And no one really seems to know what happened to her. Mm -hmm. There's a few others, too, that kind of went missing. Mm -hmm. But if, if I, as you know, like if the person that's kind of, you know, involved in missing people or whatever on yeah. missing person's pages, you don't, you don't realize 
yeah, the average person living next door that doesn't have a missing person, you know, in their family or anything, they don't really know how many uh, missing people are out there. Like, Canada is not as bad as the States when you get into the U.S. The numbers are pretty staggering. They are. Canada. You're right, unfortunately. And, I agree. Uh, I, I don't... Uh, I don't quite understand how that many people can go missing, and mm-hmm. you know there isn't really a better a better uh, way of making it aware. Yeah. Yeah. The the other, of course, we have to remember that uh, the United States has like ten times the population of Canada, though, too. So maybe that's the. But I agree yeah. with you. Uh, we we have like a hundred thousand unsolved missing persons cases in the United States. It's it's it is disgusting. I agree with you on that. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to ta- uh, you know handle these one at a time. But I've covered some uh, Canadian disappearances too. And in fact, uh, the most recent one was Ryan Stuka. Uh, also, uh, you know, kind of going toward the western part of Canada. Um, all right. So, uh, so is is it your opinion then that uh, since Michaela went missing, there really has been no new news? Nothing that's uh, popped up or anything like that. Since she left the bus people, it's pretty much the trail went cold from there. But there's been like a bunch of people reporting seeing her yeah. all over Western Canada, Western U.S. Even in the had one person send me a picture of a girl that looked uh, really a lot like her in uh, mm-hmm. Alaska and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, none of them turned up anything, and uh, a lot, a lot of stuff, you know, coming around from Vancouver. That's the west coast of Canada. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of reports of her being seen there, but nothing's mm-hmm. come out of it yet. Anyways, mm-hmm. but I've heard stories of, you know, missing people walking around for for ten years and all of a sudden just popping up here or there. It happens. So it's rare. Happen. Yeah. yeah, it's it happens, yeah, it's but it's rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kinda keeps my hopes up though. Yeah. Has it ever gotten back through the grapevine, uh, for any of her friends, if her friends have ever offered up any opinions as to what could have happened to her? I've never really heard anything. There was three of her friends that did a a little interview, but they never really went into great detail of what they thought happened or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the, you have a Facebook page uh, set up for your own personal Facebook page set up for Michaela's disappearance in contrast to the one that's set up by her mother? Which What is the name of yours, Rick? Mine? Uh, what happened to Michaela Valley? Okay. All right, and you run that page yourself? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else uh, helping you with this, uh, Rick? Or is this just uh, something? I mean, anybody yeah, else maybe? I, like, uh, you have any brothers or sisters, like who, I guess, the people who had been Michaela's aunts and uncles who have assisted with you? You know, who do you talk to about this when you really want to get something off your chest? Yeah, no, I, I got no uh, brothers or sisters myself, but I got a couple people that are helping me. There's there's a, investiga- a guy that does kind of like you or whatever. He mm-hmm. does investigations 
stuff like that. He's pretty good at it. He's mm-hmm. out in Regina. And then there's a couple of people out in the Vancouver way too, but mm-hmm. I can't really, I would love to give them a shout out, but I can't because they got to kind of work behind the scenes That's kind fine. of thing. That's yeah. fine. I, I, I totally appreciate that. Maybe I'll ask you about that being that this guy in Regina, and it does seem that Michaela at one point did mention about going there. Has he ever offered up his own... Um, Theory being that he's working on this, you know, up there in Canada. Has he ever offered up his own theory as to what could have happened? What are, if you can say without ruining any, you know, sort of thing, what are some of the things that he has done? Well, he's looked into a whole bunch of different leads mm-hmm. and this and that, but he's never really come up and said, well, this is what happened. He looks mm-hmm. into the leads and keeps going at it and... Mm-hmm tries to, you know, get that lead figured out to see if it's mm. actually legit or not. But unfortunately, mm. nothing's ever really come up positive yet. Okay. Uh, let's talk, You maybe we should cover this. You brought up this guy with the flaming tattoo. I think that some people maybe are going to, if they're going to read some articles on this. Uh, do you put any uh, stock in this or... Was that like a what we might call a red herring, you know, a misleading piece of information? What? How do you look at that particular piece of information now that there was this guy with this tattoo, etc.? Well, oh, like I said, you, I got my own opinion on that, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah, 95% sure that that guy does know something. Hmm. But like I like you say, that's just my opinion right. from what I was told before by the police and then mm. later on told I, I shouldn't have been told that and yeah, uh, yeah I don't I, okay. I tried even getting a little bit of help from a lawyer thing on a on a Facebook page but no one really seemed to want to help too much mm. which I don't blame them but okay. it's, a, it's a touchy subject that one Okay. Um, do you have, we're, and we're not, I would not uh, allow you to say his name anyway, but do you know what the name of this guy is? No, I don't. You don't? Okay. No. All right. So allegedly there's some guy there and maybe they were seen together on video or something, but uh, to my, but to your knowledge, there's no video of them leaving the bus depot together? No. Okay. All right. Rick, any final words before we complete this interview? Uh, not really. I just kind of, you know, hope that uh, this whole thing has a happy ending down the road, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, why don't you uh, give out the name of your Facebook page again? It's, uh, the name is uh, What Happened to Michaela Bowie. All right. Rick, I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Uh, No, thank you for helping out. You're very welcome. And that was my July 8th, 2022 interview with Rick Bright, the accepted father of Michaela Bally. We explained that title at the beginning of the interview. I thank Rick for appearing on both audio and video for this episode. As you heard in the interview, 
I have produced a video detailing all the places Michaela was seen that day and the order in which she appeared at those locations. I also provide some opinions. Please find that video on the Unfound podcast channel on YouTube. The theme of this episode is why doesn't video help us as much as it seems it should for disappearances. Yes, I know video has certainly helped in some cases, but the success of it seems very hit and miss. There are just as many disappearances that had a lot of video evidence that were solved quickly as there are ones that were not solved quickly or not solved at all. Maybe the best example of this is Stephen Kocher's disappearance. Video cameras on two sides of a house in Henderson, outside of Las Vegas, captured him parking his car and walking down the street of one of the safest neighborhoods in all of southern Nevada. He goes out of frame and disappears, despite there only being a few houses on that side of the street. What I'm saying is on the video, he was probably within one minute of reaching his destination. And still, no one has found Stephen Kocher. How can that be? I've thought long and hard about this, and I've come to this conclusion. Unless video actually shows the missing person getting into a car, or jumping off a bridge, or being followed by people who can be identified, something like that, Outside of those situations, video is just about useless. I'll go even further, and I'll now use Michaela's disappearance as the example. Even if video were to suddenly appear that shows Michaela walking 10 miles outside of Yorkton on the side of the road by herself, this would probably not increase the chances that much of finding her. Why? Because once anyone goes out of camera range, anything is possible. Michaela, in this theoretical example, could still have been picked up by someone. She could have kept walking for another 50 miles. She could have gone off the road and committed suicide. You may say, well, at least this would give investigators a new area to search. True, but that would be about it. And we all know how many times searches fail. Not to mention, once again in this theoretical example, Michaela could have turned right around without being seen doing it and walked the whole way back to Yorkton. And that new search area would then be totally erroneous. What I'm saying is, video must give investigators, the public, We the podcasters, something that is actionable or proof of what the actual cause of the disappearance is. Otherwise, there is no guarantee it will help solve anything. But I'll keep working on this theory and practicing it against known disappearances to firm up my conclusions. In the meantime, I'll leave the theorizing on the outcomes of specific disappearances to you.